to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep If I should die before I wake, then sleeping was my last mistake So, welcome back to Keep Chugging Podcast, and this is episode 30, actually, uh, doing, took a little break, and now we're back, and we got uh, probably the most punctual guest we've ever had. <laughs> so, uh, I'm Mark, and Chris is here. Say hi. 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 And uh, so, do you like going by Mike London or Mike Gotch? I guess for the purpose of this, we can go by Gotch. By Gotch? Yeah. Gotch is not only a great friend of mine from, oh, God decades now yeah uh he's also a dedicated professional wrestler and i say dedicated because i feel like there's not a lot of knowledge that there is a school there is a process there is ways to go about to becoming a professional wrestler true and not a lot of people are aware of that a lot i think a lot of people just assume like you're in gymnastics or you're in some kind of martial arts that doesn't work out so you go into wrestling yeah it kind of seems to be the the popular i guess uh, understanding of it yeah I get, whenever i tell people yeah, i'm a wrestler i get a lot of questions like how does this even work yeah so yeah like how does a and b equal to wrestling yeah exactly um i also feel like in a weird way like the main reason i wanted to get you on here is because i feel like there's a lot of parallels that today's music industry today's music scene kind of parallel with the wrestling industry I can see that. I can and, see a lot of that, yeah. And uh, that was a big reason I wanted to have you on. I've been really itching to get you on here specifically because, you know, myself, I've been a wrestling mark for I don't know how many years. Like, yeah. I, I still love the the entertainment value of wrestling as much as I like the business side of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in a certain way, I've kind of incorporated Chris into that where she kind of has found a new love for wrestling, a new enjoyment of wrestling. Yeah, I think I learned more. I already watched it younger but getting back into it and all the different revolutions that they have within like wwe and then mark exposing me to like the new japan and mm -hmm. the underground yeah like the indie it. scene yeah yeah that's awesome so uh all that being said i guess the the long short of it is we're gonna I, we're gonna try to focus you know on talking about the parallels between what the hardships between being a wrestler, what I see as being a wrestler in, in today's age, along with being an independent musician in today's age. Uh, but that being said, we're going to start with our usual, what we listen to this week. I'll start, since uh, that way you can get accustomed to it. Far uh, I actually listened to this new band called Axis from a label called Good Fight Music. Uh, dope band out of somewhere down south, I think in, uh, not somewhere we want to mention right now, but uh, Alabama, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, interesting band. Uh, sounds a lot like Converge meets um, Scarlet. Very noisy, heavy, heavy music, but uh, fun to listen to. Chris, what did you what did you listen to this week? I know you had uh, you had a few days off from your regular job. I don't know. Honestly, let me come back. Okay. What do you think? Mike, did you have anything this this week you listened to that kind of sparked your interest? Um, well, a lot of my stuff is pretty old okay <laughs> i don't there's not too much new music that i get exposed to okay um so it's like yeah a lot of it is revisiting the classics like um or like rediscovering bands that i missed when we were growing up sure and like um like the super suckers and okay you know um stuff like that so um when you revisit that kind of music do you feel like it's like especially when you said revisiting stuff that we missed um 
Is it a nostalgia factor or is it, oh, here's something new, but there's not going to be anything else new? You know, it's probably a combination of both of those. Okay. Yeah, you know, you, you're like, wow, this is something that I missed, um, like obscure stuff that we missed during that time, like chemistry set, you know, oh, the, wow. the okay. fabulous stinking chemistry set, like who knows the chemistry set, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but it's also like, yeah, it's it's like going back and watching a show that's already finished. Sure. You know, you, you're like, cool, it's got its beginning, it's got its ending. You, you don't have to worry about if it's going to end up sucking at the end. Yeah, it's already done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's done. done. Okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting that you bring up the show aspect because we were just watching something about how uh, Game of Thrones ended and there's so many people upset about that ending. Yeah, there was a lot of people. I don't I don't understand them. but uh, yeah. It's just the way we are. How about Chris? Did you figure out what you listened to this week? The new single for 69 Eyes. Okay. Un Miser. Can you say it again? Because I don't know how... We, we, yeah, we had to figure this out. Because it's French for the misery. Okay. Because a lot of... Hardships have happened. The singer's best friend committed suicide. So just a lot of dark stuff. And they're all... Um, the band is from Iceland. Okay. So everybody thinks that, you know... if Or sorry, um, yeah, it's Iceland. That when they go there, it's all happy because it's a resort um, destination. Mm-hmm. But the people actually living there, there's actually a lot of dark tendencies. So really cool that they they're doing that they're like hardcore very cool check nice. them out nice very cool um so one of the things i wanted to touch on today getting getting past that was um we had uh you had come to one of the shows recently and i really appreciate that and you have your in- independent shows and we yeah. got to make time to, to get out there um one of the things that came up was you're you're considered an indie an independent wrestler correct right um being an independent wrestler, there's a new bill coming up about independent contractors mm. and how that can affect the employee, quote-unquote employee status of not only uh, independent wrestlers, but potentially exotic dancers, uh, Certain, I think it's certain plumbers. Like There's certain vocations that this new bill will affect where you're mm. actually able to get things like health care, um, certain benefits that you weren't privy to before. Mm. That all being said, how do you handle being a, an independent wrestler, getting an injury, getting getting from A to B, getting food, getting paid out, getting... There's elements that I think touch on what you do that a touring musician also deals with. Yeah. Being, dealing with shitty promoters, dealing with, hey, I, I thought my guarantee was 100 bucks, you're going to get 10 bucks and a slice of pizza. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's a there's a few things that cross over. Like, how do you handle things like that? Um, well, I've been lucky enough that my experience hasn't really been that negative with any kind of promoters. Um, there are probably people who have more experience that could you know you could talk to, and they would tell you like, oh yeah, I've seen all this and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have had issues um, with promoters. Uh, you know, you expect you're going to get paid. You do a match for them. You come up after the show, and they're like, oh yeah, no one's getting paid today, and you're like. Oh, okay. Like I just drove all the way out to San Diego for nothing. Yeah. But I've also worked with promoters who had me drive out to San Diego and I did like a run in in a match and they're like, yeah, don't worry, man. I'm going to give you money, at least gas money. Nice. You know, he's like, you made your way out here, gas money at least. Okay. Um, but there is, there are some wrestlers who this is how they make their money. 
So they don't have, like me, I have a full-time job. Right. So I have really good insurance. So if something happens to me, I'm taken care of. That's not a problem. But for other people, yeah. I mean, I've seen guys selling jeans that they wore in a match to try and recup some of the money that they lost from getting injured, you know? Jesus. So, um, and as far as like independent contractors, once you start getting up to the higher promotions, something like uh, Ring of Honor, even now, like um, AEW is a mm-hmm. big thing. Mm-hmm. We'll get um, to that. We'll definitely yeah, get to that. These guys, are, those are the contracts that you're getting, and they'll guarantee you some amount of protection in that sort of way, but ultimately, that usually falls on you to take care of your own medical bills and food and stuff like that. At my level, a promoter is. Kind of, it's kind of like, hey, I just come over and we have a verbal agreement sure. of payment. And if he doesn't pay you, I mean, you, you can tell other people like, hey, I had a bad experience with this guy. But ultimately, they prefer you keep that on the business side of things. You don't go online and complain about it. Some people do. Sure. But, you know. See, for, for me, that's interesting because, you know, in, in the independent scene of music, we deal with a lot of promoters and we deal with a lot of shitty promoters, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We deal with... Uh, we're very privileged if we ever get paid. We've played to full houses and, and not seen a dime. Wow. Um, and then we've done the other side where we've dealt with promoters where here's 40 tickets at $12 a piece, whatever you don't sell, that's what you owe me. Wow. So we're paying out of pocket to be able yeah. to go play these shows. You'll pay to play. Right. Um, and then on the other end of that, you know, Chris deals with a lot of high-end musicians where medical... Um, well, a lot of them still have their regular jobs, their regular vocations. A lot of high-level musicians still have accounting, Ubering jobs. Wow. Where you're not touring six months out of the year. you got to make a dime somehow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear all sides of it. Like, I know Chris can probably think of ten people off the top of your head that probably still Uber regularly. Yeah. Well, it's an easy way so they can... Make a little bit of money while they're here for a certain amount of time. So yeah, uh, I think the it's interesting to hear like the struggle. The actual struggle is still real. It's not just because you went to do school, you went to do this, that it's over. Like yeah. you're still working, absolutely. And you're still working to establish your name. Yeah. Um, speaking of your name, so you go by Mike Gotch as your professional wrestling name. Yeah. There's something interesting that I think with wrestling and and music where. I've used this term more often than I can remember with Chris about working an angle. Mm-hmm. You know, how, yeah. to, how to work an angle, how to, how to get your angle in. And I use it in a music term as far as there's certain bands that I see that have angles. Mm-hmm. There's certain bands that I see that um, maybe they have a... I'll just use my band as an example. You know, Phil, uh, great dude, huge black dude. Yeah. We're definitely using that as an angle. I think, that's, I think that is an angle. I think there's not a lot of... Uh, colored guys that are vocalist in heavy music. That's true. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, a, that's an angle. Yeah. How do you approach an angle? How do you? How would you approach an angle? You know, you have thirty minutes tops at a at a match. How do you approach somebody that's never heard of you, never seen you, never been privy to like? Here's this guy. How 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 do you grab somebody? That's a that's a really great question because um, that's basically the entirety of wrestling right uh 30 minutes is a very generous offer of how much time you're going to get out in that ring sure. usually the promoter's like all right man you got seven minutes to and that includes your entrance and everything so the first thing you got to do is you got to come out there you got to let them know if you're the good guy or the bad guy sure and that's you know coming out and acting like a jerk or um 
flipping people off, you know, just mm-hmm. coming off cocky or just like I do. You just come out and start roaring in people's faces mm-hmm. and getting them riled up. Yeah. You know, the other guy, maybe he comes out to, you know, God bless America and <laughs> everyone's, you know, you're at a VFW and they're like, yep, that guy's our guy. He's, right. our, he's our, our face, you know, for the match. Now, have you actually seen a turn in that where uh, the God bless America thing, like the God bless America angle has mm. actually been kind of a turn? Like I've, I've definitely seen that used... Um, with, is it Jack Swagger? He used to come out with, uh... Yeah, yeah, he used to, um, come out with, uh, Dutch Mantel when he was, um, was it Uncle Zeke? I think so, something like that, and he came, uh, one, no, uh, We the People. He came out where he would yell, We the People. Yeah, I've actually seen a, a turn of, like, people don't appreciate that as much as you would think. Like, people don't, like, it's not super... Uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, it's not super kosher to be like proud to be American right now. It's almost yeah. like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I yeah, do it's that. not, it's not the '80s anymore. Yeah. We're not, we're not in, you know, the Gulf War. We don't have, uh, you know, our clear enemy anymore. But um, <clears throat> I've Jack Swagger is a good thing. But they kind of came out and they were like, we're the, we're the, the, the dark side of of uh, America. You know, we're coming mm-hmm. out. We don't want you know, immigrants in our country and that's how they get it. They get, okay. they get the gimmick in there. But there's also a guy who, um, I forget his name, but he wrestles, um, out in the South and his gimmick is he's a bad guy liberal. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So he comes out and he's like, you know, we're here to come and invade your country and all this kind of stuff. And you know, they hate him down there for it. So he plays this like, you know, bleeding heart, bad guy. <laughs> See, that's, that's really interesting because we, we've, de- I've definitely seen a shift, especially following, um, I think his name was Ali Mustafa and now he just goes by Ali. Yeah. Mustafa Ali. And now, but, uh, and that tends to be a trend. I'm not sure if that was your, where your point was going, but that tends to be a trend where they take off the first names and they're just a last name. Though. Right. Yeah. Um, it was interesting hearing him describe an interview where they told him entering the business, you're, you're going to be a heel. Mm-hmm. Like I, it doesn't matter. You're going to yeah. be a heel. The color of your skin says you're a heel. Yeah. Um, I always found that interesting. I always found that like, not close-minded, but just very like, okay, like we have a A plus B equals C formula for this wrestler. The typecasting in a way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very um, archetyped. Yeah. Yeah. You, you come out and if you don't look like the crowd, you're mm-hmm. automatically the bad guy. Right. So right. that's definitely something it, you see it, it. It's funny to make this comparison, but you see the same thing still to this day in 2019 wrestling and porn. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. You know, you, porn's accepted. There's racism in it. Sure. It's just like, yeah, you're going specifically to find black dudes with white chicks or yeah, something, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Asian girls, you know, and they all still use very like racist stereotype kind of things. In wrestling, yeah, you come out and you're, you got a towel, towel on your head, quote unquote towel on your head, and they're going to hate you. Yeah. You know, but really you could come out. It's, um, what was his name? Uh, Muhammad Hassan. Okay. When he started off in the gimmick, even though he's played by an Italian guy who was no Middle Eastern <laughs> descent whatsoever, he came out. And his thing was, you guys look at me and you see a bad guy. And he's like, I'm not. And so I hate you guys for that. And everybody hated him because he was mad and he was brown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chris, you had something? With um, porn, the women are actually paid more to do color. Or they're paid more to do. The interracial. Yeah, the interracial. Yeah. But the guys, I think, are paid less. Yeah. 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 In general, they are, yeah. Statistically paid less, which is... uh, Hold interesting discussion. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> um, I feel like I had a jumping off point with that, and I can't remember what it was. So, 
dealing with uh dealing with like you said de- dealing with these angles dealing with quote unquote marks which mm. i think is a great like i th- i love the term mark um, oh cuz it applies to everything in exactly life. and everything. it's your name and it's my name <laughs> yeah. uh, i saw a great one which was uh, uh somebody bashing valentine's day using wrestling terms oh, yeah. and like we're marks we're our marks we're hall marks <laughs> and i was like fuck that's perfect that's pretty genius <laughs> um so i thought that was a really interesting uh do you find yourself because I've I've found myself doing it with Chris where we're talking about the music industry and I'm throwing in wrestling terms. Yeah. I'm throwing in mark, I'm throwing in angle, I'm throwing in heels. Yeah. Gimmick. Gimmicks. gimmicks what's your gimmick? The gimmick gimmicks, table. Gimmicks everything. Yeah. Um ha, has the wrestling vocabulary leaked into your regular life or do you find Absolutely, one hundred percent. And and here's the thing, going through actual wrestling school, um, you realize that everything that is wrestling is everything else in the world. I like that you bring that up because that's how I apply music. Yeah. That music, uh, stand-up comedy, professional wrestling, art, any, anything that can apply can be applied in a larger scale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, you look at movies. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take uh, um, Avengers Endgame, sure. for example. Um, you spent all this time, all these other movies, building up to this mm-hmm. each movie told its story you got your you come out you they let you know who's the good guys mm-hmm. they let you know who's the bad guys mm-hmm. they start off they test the water you get the origin stories mm-hmm. right um they come out the, the the good guy you know he's tough and he's strong and he starts to win and then something bad happens to him the bad guys get the upper hand sure then the good guy starts fighting back he starts fighting back and the bad guy comes back and says nope you know i'm still in control mm-hmm. then the good by good guy comes and then at the end of it the good guy wins in right. wrestling that's not always the case in real life that's not always right, the case. right right but, you, but it's just but, storytelling yeah everything it's storytelling. books tv shows movies applies music, to everything 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 is wrestling and that's what's funny to me when people are like wrestling so stupid and it's like no, it's got everything. Yeah. You are whatever you're into. You are a mark for that. Yeah, exactly. They've appealed to you, and you fell for it in that sort of way. I feel like that's there. There was dis, uh, a very similar discussion that came up with that, where um, somebody somebody uh, asked was acting an ass about wrestling, and said, uh, "But you're a Game of Thrones fan, right? Mm. Like, you yeah. know that's not real." Yeah. That's well, re- wrestling's not real. Well, yeah, well, neither is Game of Thrones, but you're yeah. just as invested in it. Yeah. Exactly. Why is it any different? It's entertainment. It's yeah. it's how you approach it. It's how you accept it. Exactly. It's um. It's funny that you, you bring that up too because I consider um, sports fans to their marks. Oh, and they're massive. That's a whole. Marks. That's a whole fandom. Why is it? Why is it cool to walk around in a jersey of a team that you like, but if you wear a shirt that's got like a TARDIS on it, mm-hmm. you're like a dork and you shouldn't. You know, like I wouldn't want to hang out with this guy. He's yeah, yeah. a loser. But yeah. like, yeah, you can walk around in a Raiders jersey and like that guy's cool. Like, why? You're still a fucking yeah. Mark. Yeah, you, you bought the shit that they sold to yeah. you. You're wearing it, and you're like, you've got stickers all over your car. Yeah. Like, why is that cool? But like, yeah, you can't. You know, you can't. Wrestling's not. You know, right? And so to that uh, to that equation, uh, you can be a music mark. Yeah, you can be a band mark. You Absolutely. can be all kinds of marks. Um, but I like the I like the idea that. To a degree, there's an acceptable angle where it's okay. Like, dude, whatever you like, it's okay. Yeah, Go absolutely. like that. Um, nobody has to like exactly what you like, but there's other people that are going to like that too. Yeah. Like, go enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, what, what was, what's another one? The gimmick? Um, 
band gimmicks. Uh, there's definitely, there's definitely, I've definitely seen a rise in band gimmicks. Like even going as far back as stuff like Slipknot. Like that's a definitely. Oh yeah, that's like, a that's. I would take you even farther back. Like you've got Kiss. Oh yeah. Um, Jackal. Mm-hmm. You know, with these with the the chainsaw. You know, the, yeah, these I'm gimmicks that. Yeah. Yeah. That, you have Cradle of Filth. You have Belphegor. Mm-hmm. Um, what are just some ones on the? In a way, Carnifex. They have their all. Right. Right. Um, yeah, a bunch of the bands. They have their look. They're, yeah. they're gimmick. Yeah. And some of the times, yeah, they, uh, you meet the person, they're like, that's just how I am on stage. Like, you see Danny Filth outside of it, and you're just like, oh. Same thing with Doyle. Right. And this is actually a good reason why I wanted the two of you to interact, because I feel like, does the gimmick translate to the selling point? Does that make sense? Like, are you so deep in the gimmick that that's why you like something? Like, are you, you know... When you when you get into something like we were talking, when you come out and you have to you have to this is the angle I'm the bad guy yeah, and then you you go oh do I only like you because you're the bad guy you you might be a trash wrestler you might be a a, a garbage person but like I dig the oh yeah I, there's I dig absolutely the, I dig that. the gimmick yeah that's um, absolutely that because I've definitely seen that with a few bands where it's like oh like that gimmick's cool like that look is cool that that idea is yeah. cool and then you hear the music I'm like. This is trash. Yeah, yeah. The guy comes out and you're like, that guy's jacked, man. He looks yeah. he looks awesome. Like and then he comes out and the guy can't fucking hit a hip toss, right? And you're like <laughs> you're like, oh man, that was terrible. That was like, terrible. <laughs> why, I'm is done. This, why is this guy popular? Yeah, you know? I think that's what where where I start getting um not, I've been jaded. I I would say I'm pretty jaded, but that's definitely where I start when you start seeing holes in certain elements yeah. and you're like, man, like why are you getting over? Like yeah. I don't understand why this gets over and why I'm not. Like. Exactly. And you can absolutely look no further than pop music. Okay. Like what what makes like Katy Perry or, you know, Ariana Grande like popular other than like their gimmick? Sure. Right? Because there's a million great female singers. Sure. So what makes them stand out? Right. You know, like what it is, what's, what's, what got them where they are? If other people look at them, they're like, wow, she really can't sing that well, but. But and yeah. it, it's the butt part that always gets me. Exactly. I mean, Chris, you have a, you have a lot of bands that I would say have gimmicks. I would say one of those is not Mashuga. Mashuga is just five dudes that show Dude. up and play heavy <laughs> music. Don't. There's oh, no and gimmick. They've always been With that them, way. Yeah. They're very raw. They're very unapologetically them. Yeah. And that comes down to I get so many people who ask for interviews. They don't like doing interviews. Mm. And it's not because like they're being arrogant. They don't see themselves as oh it, it's um you know it, it's Thomas mm. he, you know it's just him he likes to play drums yeah same thing with Frederick you know he's an amazing guitarist he's like on some of the, I think at one point they're like you know I they start thinking about it and they're like oh my accent or you know something towards that to me turns it's like no like you you speak fine. You know, some people would want to listen to you. You just nerd out because just all the knowledge that he has. But to him, you're just like, I like guitars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's very simple. You know, yeah. They like to play. That's it. Because I feel like there's the the adverse effect is somebody like, this is going back to when we were into to extreme wrestling, mm-hmm. um, somebody like Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. A Lance Storm comes out and has very minimal, like, talking skills, has yeah. very minimal, like, angle but he's a fucking fantastic wrestler. Absolutely, He can yeah. throw down. And he's made it very, very clear in uh, in current, I believe it was ROH, where he said, uh, people come for wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, 
People come for story too, though. That's absolutely true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because if, if people only came for wrestling, he, somebody like Lance Storm would be at the top. Yeah. The truth is, like, you kind of need uh, uh, to tread that middle ground. You need a bit of a story. Absolutely. And you need the talent to go along yeah. with it. Um, uh, there's a lot of, um, from, you say that there, there's a lot of um, talk about Hogan in Japan. You know, Hogan, when oh, he was God. in Japan, people forgot that he could work. Mm -hmm. But he reached a point in his career where he realized he didn't have to work. Right. He just had to come out and do the gimmick. Mm -hmm. Goldberg. Goldberg could wrestle. He wasn't, he's never, um, was a long distance kind of guy, right. but for a short amount of time he could wrestle, but he realized he didn't have to do that. Um, Batista, he's another guy that, you know, he comes out and people are like, you can't wrestle. He actually came out in an interview back when, you know, the, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago or something like that, where he came out and he was like, I don't have to. Yeah. He's, I don't have to do all the moves that somebody like Lance Storm or William Regal has to do. He's like, all I have to do is spine buster the guy and you guys are going to pop right. more right. than you do for them. So here's, here's an interesting tangent with that. With something like that, do you feel like it's creative control going, um, look, we just need you to show up, perform three to five moves. You're going to get your pop and you're going to get your paycheck and go home. I feel like there's, a, there's an equivalent to that. There's a, an equivalent to that with... Um, high tier touring musicians where show up play your hit singles get paid bounce absolutely yeah there's absolutely that you won't you don't generally see it on the indies because we don't have those kind of guys that are like super popular mm -hmm. you know that can, can just come out and do one or two moves and that's right. the end of it but when you work with somebody who's very good at their job mm -hmm. you can go an entire match and only do like maybe three moves yeah and that's what I, I had a match like that with this guy, Sergeant Major, uh, a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. Fantastic guy, fantastic worker. Mm -hmm. There's a difference that we like to, to say between a wrestler and a worker. Sure. A wrestler, he's going to go out there, he's going to do all those moves, and that's awesome. I love wrestling. Yeah, yeah. But a worker, he's gonna, he goes out there and he's like, we're going to get all these people to cheer us more so than everybody else on the card, and all we're going to do is not hit each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to go out there. He's like, throw me out of the ring. You're going to walk around. You're going to yell at the crowd. I'll hit you once. We'll go around the corner, hit you again, hit you again, get back in there. Boom. We've got the crowd. Sure enough, I get in the ring. They're chanting USA. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're chanting USA. And all I had to do was go out there and yell at them a little bit. Yeah. Was, just work it up. Yeah. All I do is I slap the guy in the back a couple of times and I'm like, is this your hero? Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, they're chanting USA. That's it. Just slap the guy in they're the back a couple invested. times. They're yeah. already invested exactly. in whatever's going on. Yeah. See, that, like I said, that's why I, I I feel like there's so many parallels that between... And you and I were also big into, into stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, there's so many parallels between storytelling, stand-up comedy, wrestling, music. Uh, there's there's things that cross the, cross over so much that I think a lot of people don't really understand. Yeah. Um, and it's it really is. It's playing to the marks. Right. Like you said, they come out, uh, you know, the marks are only going to download your hits, right? Um, you're going to come out, they, they only want to see a couple moves. You know, they only want to see you do a couple moves. Right. Um, you know, in, in movies, like, you know, sometimes they just want to see that character for a little bit and they don't give a shit about the rest of it. So, yeah, it's very, it's very translatable. A lot of it is. So, all that being translatable, we're going to move into our newest segment. Uh, I haven't quite thought of the name of this, but we're, it has to do with hypothetical questions. It's going to be for the, everybody, so please, hundred percent, let's get let's get into this. All right. uh, we're going to do three hypothetical questions. Just give your honest answers, and we're going to try this out. All right. First question: If you could really sell your soul to the devil, what would you sell it for? 
At this point, I'm not mm. sure. At this point, I'm not sure. I, I, I feel like I can get to Japan on my own somehow. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but like that, that would have been my default answer. Yeah. Like, I want to go live in Japan, but I feel like we could, I feel like there's a way now I just got to work my dick off yeah. for, for a while. Well, yeah, once you've reached adulthood, like your fantasies that you did as a kid or as a 17 year old, like, yeah. how, you know, what would I sell my soul for? Everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want to do this. <laughs> I want to do this. Now I'm like, shit, pay my rent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop being an adult for a little while. Yeah, pay, pay my rent, man. That's a, that's a, that's so you know, it's grand and some change that I can spend on whatever after that. <laughs> no, get a, get a house. There you go. Okay, pay for the house in LA because all of the housing is so expensive. Right? It's ridiculous. Sell my soul for a house in LA. <laughs> yeah. But it's all paid off. But it's no paid mortgage. Yeah. 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 You're still yeah. going to go to hell, but I knew, I'm don't going there anyway. Well, at least yeah. I'll live good right over here and then yeah. let's get done. Okay. Yeah. If you believe <laughs> in it, I mean, then you're yeah. Go. Yeah. That's very true. Chris, what about you? What would you sell your soul for if, it, if that was true? I don't know. You don't know? You're not sure? Mike, what are you thinking? Well, like I said, I mean, you pay my rent pay, pay, pay for my the rest rent. of my life or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe maybe give me a skill that I could use to make money. Like, I wish oh. I could play an instrument. Sure. Like, you tried to teach me bass before, mm-hmm. and my hands are just so big and clumsy. <laughs> like, I don't have that dexterity. And people are like, you just got to stretch your mind. So it's not, it's it's not, not going to work. I, you have to realize where your limits are. I'm not musically in, inclined talent-wise. So. <laughs> but here's the thing. A lot of musicians would say the same where I can't wrestle. So True. You know, you find your ways to work with what you have. Yeah, but some some guys never do. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, There's definitely, I've, I've, definitely I've seen, seen those guys, guys in schools where they've been there for years it's just not and you're clicking. like, it's not yeah, it's just not clicking. You're like, that. you're not really going to go anywhere. Like, you know, God bless you, if, you know, but... <laughs> At least they tried. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's, yeah, that's awesome. At least they gave it a shot. Chris, nothing? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. Uh, okay, next one. Oh, oh, okay. Speaking of your skill, if you could learn any one skill in the world without trying, which would you pick? Think of like the Matrix. Like you get to plug into something, mm. download that skill, and that's that's your skill. That's what you you had to put no effort in. You just got to sit down. They plug you in. Boom, you know it. Me, it's guitar building. I would love to just know guitar building. But I feel like that that would be something I would want to learn along the way too. Different languages. Different. Oh, that's very. Because then you're just like if you're at a nail shop and then somebody starts talking, you're just like, huh. And they start talking. And and there's always going to be jobs for translators. (laughs) That's very true. There you go. That's very true. There you go. So what what skill would you download? Um, gosh, I feel like I would say something fanciful, like learning to you know automatically knowing like um, languages or music or something like that. But maybe something like understanding machines and the problems that how they work you know what i mean something like that just how coding or something like that you know what i mean and then sure. it's like cool like yeah i'm just start making my own video games like decent ones maybe art or something like that an artistic skill that okay. would be pretty cool that'd be interesting okay last one and then we're gonna move on if you could change one thing about the human body how about how the human body has evolved what would it be for me, it's spines. I feel like spines, as strong as they are, they're weak as well. Like, that's one thing. Like, anything happens to your spine, it's game over. You and I yeah. both having had back issues, I can definitely agree with that. Um, I would have a reinforced double spine. Yeah. My, my fan, you know what? That's what I would sell my, my soul to the devil for a robotic skeleton. That's what it is. It okay. doesn't, doesn't break. It's just all power. <laughs> all power all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chris, 
It's fine. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Three people with bad backs. Yeah. Because well, like, the bad back cast. Last year there was, I blew, I blow out my or yeah I get pinched nerves mm. where one of the times where I was out a week. Luckily I can work from home. Yeah. But still, just having trouble just trying to get out of bed like that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I have another one. I'm gonna add on there because this happened to me like a few weeks ago. Go for it. Why Why do we have, as dudes, why do we have our most sensitive areas, like, just not protected at all? That is a, like, a, a brilliant question. I was doing a story time for this kid, and he got too excited, and he came up, and he just, both barrels, whack, right oh, in the God nuts. Oh, God damn. Just right in the nuts. I was totally not prepared. Like, I didn't even realize he was that close to me. And I, you know, you get that, oh, I got to stop what yeah. I'm doing. Like, why don't we have some kind of protection? Some kind of ingrained protection? <laughs> yeah. Why did, why did our bodies evolve to have our nuts just hanging loose? Like, Especially because we're babysitting um, what, my aunt's dog. Mm. And she likes to get up on the bed and go on top of of Mark to say, hello, hello. And she keeps on mailing him. <laughs> it's like, Rosie, no, no, no. But she doesn't know. She's just like, I want to say hello to everybody. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I mean that was interesting. I definitely think that's going to become a regular thing. Like I like this. I like the hypothetical questions. We just yeah. got to think of a name for it. Um, so moving on, uh, something I wanted to bring up with wrestling and music-related things again. Uh, like you said, it's a skill. Uh, you went to school for it. Yeah. Um, where you're at now, you're pretty regularly on shows that I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like going to school? Let me rephrase this. We did backyard wrestling. We did. Uh, there were things that I definitely would have changed, you know, with that outcome. Yeah. But we did backyard, uh, and then you went on to do school. Yeah. And then you went on to essentially what is a professional wrestling career, quote yeah. unquote career. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of musicians that I would say learn independently, mm-hmm. and there's plenty that go to school. Yeah. Both of those kind of achieve the same thing where they end up, you know, whether or not they end up in a professional career, amateur career, independent career, things like that. Yeah. Um, how have you, how have, how has going to wrestling school improved your approach to being in the business? Oh, absolutely. There's, backyard wrestling is not the way to do it. We yeah. had fun, you know, doing what we did. Um, I don't, I can't necessarily look back and say I regretted it, but at the same time, like, if we could have all been in school beforehand, it's just no comparison between somebody who is a backyard and somebody who's not. You absolutely have to go to school right. uh, in order to protect yourself in every aspect of what you do, like, and to just improve your own physicality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been, um, you know, uh, I guess I wouldn't consider myself athletic, you know, but I would argue that you were pretty athletic. I now, would, now, I, yeah. now I could agree with that. Sure. But before, yeah, I definitely would have not considered myself an athletic person. Um, but yeah, I mean, just improving your cardio, your strength, all that kind of stuff. But getting in the mindset of a wrestler, you know, a backyard wrestler, you're like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to do some moves. Sure. You know, and, and that's how wrestling goes. Mm-hmm. You just come out and you do moves to each other and stuff like that. The, the amount of communication that you have in the ring to protect yourself, to protect each other, um, learning how to structure these matches mm-hmm. properly. I mean, you go back and you, even now you can watch any backyard wrestling match. The first move is going to be a DDT. Sure. There's the first thing they're going to do. It's they're going to run up. They're going to kick the guy. DDT. Sure. <laughs> Which in the eighties, that was a finisher. Like that was, that was a Absolutely. huge, like, yeah. Now I think there's a few guys that do it where 
it's a little bit more exciting, but it's not just like, that's all I know how to do. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not like, oh, what's, you know, it's not the fifth DDT of the match. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you see it now with the super kick. Yes. There's like 18 super kicks in a match. Right, but, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you learn the structure of how it's all supposed to go. Mm. You learn not just bumping where you fall and how you, you know how you have your chin tucked in, but how to roll, you know, how to in, in to the point that this becomes your automatic reaction. Sure. So if you were to climb up on the top rope and you slipped, you would immediately know, okay, I've got to tuck myself this way to protect my head and my neck mm -hmm. so I don't die mm -hmm. <laughs> just right. slipping off the, the top rope or something. Sure. You know? I feel like a lot of, like the, in a weird way, a lot of the string of what you just said in a weird way translates to music because mm -hmm. there are certain elements in what you said that I translate to, well, I know if I move a certain way or if I do this style of song, like this has to happen and... Uh, for like you said storytelling wrestling is storytelling music is storytelling yeah there's a lot of elements that i think um can relate to each other yeah um going to music school i'm sure can help certain people yeah the same way i think going to wrestling school can help the majority of people is it a necessity like the the necessity part like you got to experience both the backyard wrestling the wrestling school yeah and compare and contrast I don't feel like there's a lot of that right now. I don't feel like there's a lot of guys that understand that, no, like there's proper ways to handle these things. There's proper ways to go about, you want a wrestling career? We can make it happen. You got to make those steps happen for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, um, definitely there is no equal between backyard wrestling and professional wrestling. Right. If you are not trained, you should not be in the ring. Sure. And I learned that, we learned that the hard way. We okay. saw our friends hurt themselves in badly. Yeah. Very bad ways. And it's unfortunate that it took that for us to learn yeah. that lesson. But yeah, there's no comparison whatsoever. You, if you're going to be in professional wrestling, you need to be trained. And I hear backyard wrestlers now say the same stuff that we did back then. Oh, I'm not going to make a career of this. I'm just having fun. Like, why don't you guys just leave us alone? Like, but uh, the thing that has stuck with me that was told to us by Charles Mercury when we were doing this, mm -hmm. um, and I've heard it repeated by other people too, is, you know, especially going through school, was that you have to treat the business with respect. Wrestling is not about you. It's about the business as a whole. Right. So the way that it was posited to us, if somebody comes to your backyard wrestling show and they've never seen anything but WWE, they come to the backyard wrestling show, they walk in and they see you acting like goofballs, DDTing each other every five seconds, <clears throat> they're going to come up and they're going to be like, that was shit. I'm never going to go to another non-WWE event. You just ruined that fan. Oh, I see. You ruined that for any other show. Right. You know, they could have they could have gone and seen somebody awesome mm -hmm. and like, wow, this makes me love independent wrestling. But they came in, they saw you doing shitty things. And you ruined it. And you ruined it for them. So they're just going to spend their money on WWE. That's a that see for me that that translates to uh crowd kill. I don't know if you know exactly what crowd kill is, but crowd kill for local shows, for big shows too, is is for me killing the um, the local and and larger music scene in general. Mm. Crowd kill is is you know what moshing is, you're aware of what moshing is. Yeah, crowd yeah. kill is literally going into the into the crowd and punching and kicking uh, around the mosh pit and just doesn't matter who it is, I'm just going to hit you. Mm. And I feel like that mentality has turned people off to the greater side of music. So now less people are going to want to go see local shows, local bands, local this and that. That kind of is the equate, is, equates it to me as like, you had this opportunity to go see a, a, you know, a, a Pentagon or 
uh, I throw it out there, Joey Ryan, somebody, somebody yeah. like that, where yeah. you know a, an identifiable name that isn't attached to WWE, yeah. or hopefully soon AEW, that isn't attached to those two larger companies. Yeah, and now you just killed it. You just ruined it for this person that was curious. Yeah. Now they're no longer curious because you killed that show for yeah, them. That's a really good point because I don't think I'd thought of that before. But yeah. yeah, like I can I can see that now like it's intimidating to go to like a metal show because you think everyone's just going to watch around walk around punching and kicking each other right. in the mosh pit and right. it's like where's the fun in that then, right. you know? Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, interesting. I'll bring up a crowd kill video. Crowd kill is a weird is a is a real thing and it's it is insanely dangerous. Uh the big one was was it Canada where the curl got her teeth kicked in? Oh. Somebody was wearing somebody was wearing boots at a show. Randomly kicked a girl in the face, broke her teeth, broke her jaw, broke her face. Wow. Um, they they ended up doing a GoFundMe, uh, a, a crowdfunded um, donation to help her get fixed. Um, yeah, but yeah, that like that turned into a larger issue. Like crowd kill is a real thing. Like you cannot be doing this at shows, um, and people still do it. Wow. It, it still goes on. Yeah, that's crazy. One of the recent interviews we saw, I think it was with Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. how he talks about how he used to do backyard wrestling, but then he knew right when he turned 18 that he wanted to go into school. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, you need to do that, you need to do that. It was interesting for him to already know what he wanted to do and know, okay, I need to do this step, I need to do that step. Because a lot of people, they don't realize is there are so many steps that, hey, if I need to get there... I need to go, I need to do this, I need yeah. to do that. And yeah. A lot of people are just like, I want to get there. Exactly. Just to be, get very tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I definitely think that, especially with your industry, I think that applies to a lot of musicians. I think a lot of musicians see the being signed to a large label as the goal, rather than going like, there's work. There's work mm -hmm. that has to go into what you're doing. Like, you, either you gig, or you become friends, or you work at it in a way that that really isn't the end goal like that's not just because you get signed that's not the big like prize at the end of the at the end of the road like there's a lot of work yeah. that goes into just being in a signed band and i would think that's the same thing with wrestling there's a lot of work that goes into being a contracted or just a professional working wrestler yeah they used to say um they used to say if you're not in this business to one day be wwe champion you're not in this business for anything mm -hmm. Now we have guys like Joey Ryan who can make, and, and the Young Bucks and stuff, make their career by not being in WWE. Mm -hmm. And they're, yeah. They're fine. Yeah, and they're fine. They're, these are the guys who are saying, you don't have to be WWE champion. They're like, we're going to make our own. Right. You know? I think a great example of somebody like that is uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny mm -hmm. Omega. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, doing, doing what he does over here. Kind of got over, not great, and then went to Japan is just mega. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, came back over here without any big, as far as I know, American promotion putting him, pushing him, and main evented AEW on a pay per view. Yeah, and doing doing just fine. Yeah, it's stories like that that you don't hear enough of. Where it's like, no, like there's other options than just being WWE now. Yeah, um, and I think that's the same way with music. There's other options than just being signed to a major music label. Some bands don't need it. It's off. They already have a system where each band member does something, and they're very good at it, and they you know, are able to do it where it's a working machine. Mm -hmm. It's not always the need to have, be on a label because they know, you know, they have somebody that does graphics. They have somebody that can do promo. Mm -hmm. You know, they already have everybody that they need. Not that bands, not many bands realize that, hey, each person has to have a job that they need to do to make everything work. Mm -hmm. And 
some of the people there was like, oh, I'm just going to play and we're going to get signed. What have you done to make sure that you have a following, that you have numbers? There are there certain things that bands or labels are going to look for in bands that they want to sign. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, you're going to get lucky and get signed. And uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that, like, like I said, there's so much. There's so much in this conversation that I think has a lot of crossover. Like, there's not one certain match that I think somebody can, as a wrestler, there's not one certain highlight that you can submit to WWE. Is like, oh, this is why I should be signed. Exactly. There, yeah, there's there's got to no be. Thing. Yeah. You have to work your way up to get noticed, and they have. <clears throat> they've noticed a lot of indie guys now. I mean, they went and, and a couple of years ago basically raided the indies. Mm-hmm. They took all the top stars. You got Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and mm-hmm. stuff. All these big guys that are names now in WWE. Right. And like, I mean, AJ Styles worked his way up and he made a name for himself. You know. Yeah. And especially with the help of Impact and stuff. And beautiful hair. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> I see him, I'm like, yeah. that boy has really good hair. Nice and pretty. Yeah. And these were guys that were big. And they were names before, but now, like, the rest of the world knows AJ Styles, right. not just wrestling fans, but right. like, he's out there. Samoa mm-hmm. Joe, they know them and stuff, yeah. Um, all these things kind of add up to, hopefully, a long, you know, long-lasting career. Uh, if there was, because, like, kind of what she said, there's a team, there's a marketing, yeah. there's a, there's a you know, graphics, this person, that person... That's cool in a you know music setting in a band setting. How do you equate something like that to like what you do, where it's it's just you? There's a yeah. lot of guys. There's I would say that there's a good amount of guys. That's it's just you. Uh, absolutely, that's that's generally how it is. You mm-hmm. have to make the connections. You have to like um, for example, uh, the show that I'm going to be on in July. They asked me for promo picks. Okay. I don't have promo pics. Really? Yeah, I don't. I I don't know people that take. I know a lot of photographers. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we, we can we can help you out. We right. can help you out. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I'm like I don't have one. Like I have a picture that I wore my jacket mm-hmm. and my mask, and mm-hmm. I had a coworker take a picture of me in front of a wall just mm-hmm. before we went and started work that day. <laughs> like well, and I we'll, took it off, and I was like, "That's what I've got." We'll help you. Um, we'll, we'll help you out with that. But yeah, and then there's guys who go out and they sell eight by tens of themselves. Right. And and now I Glossy, know they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of a guy that does it. So you have to make these connections by going out there. But it's basically on you. Yeah. You there's no team that's gonna be like, Don't worry, I've got all of you guys covered. We're gonna do this. And yeah, it's that's the thing about being independent is you are on your own doing all this. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make you have to buy your own gear. You have to find ways to put yourself over mm-hmm. you know you have to sell merch you mm-hmm. have to come up with the ideas for your merch you right. know and then you have to go out there and make people want to buy your merch right that's the dude that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the tough part that's really that translates to anything yeah you have to go make people want to buy your shit exactly um yeah that's but we can definitely help you out with some with some of those things that way you know maybe get get a little bit off your shoulders Far up. but um I think what you'd even just listed right now, like, like that journey, that, you know, knowing those steps is the same thing that a lot of bands have to realize too. You're taking yeah. pictures, taking promos, taking, telling a story in a way that you can't, um, luckily something like the internet, you know, came along where there's a medium yeah. that you can, you can reach people that you wouldn't have reached before, Yeah. but you still have to have that content. You still have to have that story. You still have to build yourself that way. Um, have you found using... Stuff like Facebook and Instagram, those kind of promotions, has that helped you at all? Has that helped? Slightly. I'm sort of a dinosaur when it comes to this technology. Mm-hmm. I, 
I'm not active in these things like I should be. Mm-hmm. That's like I, the, the old man in me is like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand this stuff. I have an Instagram. I have a Facebook page for my gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have like a Twitter or anything like that. But like, yeah, I mean, I guess if I was more inclined, then I could do that. But there are guys who know how to work social media to do that. That's and what I was actually yeah. going to bring up is that there, I feel like there's whole angles that are built on social media now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're we're in the middle of a of a social media experiment with Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. and he's doing a a full Instagram, uh, I would say, angle, mm-hmm. uh, negging AEW, mm-hmm. and we're kind of trying to see how that's going to play out, if that's going to work, if it's not going to work. Um, I mean, I, it's just another platform. It's another way to to, yeah. to get your get your name out there, get the get the idea out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting to me. Um, it's interesting to me, mainly be, it's interesting to me because I feel like as a musician, we've been fighting it for the past four or five years that we've been fighting, you know, Facebook and Instagram throttling our posts and mm-hmm. not being as visual as possible and not being, um, not being able to reach the, the market that I thought that, you know, we would reach just because yeah. it's just the way that it is right now. There's yeah. so the, uh, I guess that brings me to the next thing is that the music scene is so oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many bands doing so many things that there's a lot of competition. Yeah. Um, have you felt any of that on the independent wrestling scene have you felt like there's so many guys now like how do i get my name in the in the in the running to just be on something that that is an issue is is you have to it's that one of those catch 22s like you have to show yourself to be a you know an interesting character on on somebody's card but um how do you do that if they're not if you're not getting the exposure the chance to yeah wrestling is different in that well maybe it's the same in music you just you show up and you help. Mm-hmm. You give to the, there's a um, brutal Bob Evans, okay. absolutely wonderful guy. Does great uh, seminars called Hang with Bob, Get Better, and it sounds like gimmick. And you go and you hang. It basically he's not teaching you; he's hanging out with you. Okay. And he you learn just by hanging out with him, and you get better. I took one session with him, and I felt like I improved significantly hmm. doing that. <clears throat> and he he always says like, show up. Maybe you don't get on the card. Maybe mm-hmm. you just help. And that's what we're here for. We're help the business as a whole. Sure. You know, but there is that, like you said, you know, there's that saturation of like, okay, there's a lot of guys. How am I going to get on this card? The difference is, you, like you said, when we, you know, throwing back to what we said, that you can teach yourself music and, you know, maybe you're pretty good and you work your way into a band without having to go to school. Mm-hmm. In wrestling, you have to go to school. I start with a class. When I went into the class at Santino Brothers, there was maybe like 20, 25 of us. And like five of us graduated. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, and it's tough. Santino's is one of the best, if not the best, school, especially in California. It's tough. They weed out the people that think it's just going to be fun, and, and uh, you know, they they they'll beat you up there in in terms of you're not like you know I'm going to take you out back and no, kick but your yeah, ass, but, but like <clears throat> you're going to get your they're going to whip you into shape. Oh yeah, they're going to whip you into shape. Yeah, and um, so yeah, there's there's. It's different than that. You can come in and say, yeah, I taught myself how to play guitar. And like, well, let me hear you. And you're good. Awesome. I taught myself how to wrestle. No, shut the fuck up. Get in the ring and practice. I think that going back to what you're saying that, you know, just showing up, I think that that is the same way with music too. Just (laughs) showing up, making a face and becoming identifiable to not just bands, but people that, oh, hey, I remember him. You know, he's from that band or I saw you here. Yeah. 
you'd be surprised at how many people are like, oh, like what's your band? And then mm. that helps because I know with Mark, when we go flyer, that helps for when you're going to shows and seeing people. Yeah. You know, just them, you know, seeing you and you talking to them, even if it's just for a little bit, they remember that because they have a face to the, um, they can put a name to the face. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that person. Yeah. So and, that and helps. <clears throat> yeah, I see that. And I feel like that's definitely worked for me. There's promotions that I've gone to and it's like, well, I'm just, I'm here to help. And they're like, well, do you have gear? Yeah. All right. I, I think I've got a spot for you. And then do that. And then another guy's like, I like what you're doing. Yeah. And he's like, show up to my promotion. And I show up and I'm like, hey, uh, um, what do you want me to do? And he's like, okay, you're going to be security. Okay. By the time I put on the security shot, uh, shirt on, he's like, I've got a spot for you in the match. Take yeah. that off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just, it was just me showing up and saying like, how can I help you? Yeah. It's but showing, yeah, showing up. Even with that, it just, you showing them that, hey, I can do this. People start thinking about you because now they yeah. put that association. Oh, he would, you know, he wanted to help, but he ended up, you know, wrestling in this one. Yeah. We can use him again. Exactly. And that's the same thing with bands. Like you have your um, few that are like, okay, I know this band. I know that band. Those are the ones that I like. Yeah. You know, we're going to help them out with shows that we're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely that. You, you come out and you're like, yeah, you say, can I help set up the ring? Can I be, a, you know, do you need a ref? Do you, do you need graphics? You know? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, you're a good hand or a good brother is another term that you might be hearing a lot now. Uh, you know, if you're a good brother, you're a good hand. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy, he can come out, he can do a camera for us, he can ref, he can announce for us. This guy's good. We can use him for anything. And, and he can wrestle? Right. Hell yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah. I, see, I, I, we've, we've kind of conveyed this through other podcasts as well, uh, through other episodes as well, where 90% of what we do is just go be a dude. Mm -hmm. Go be a good dude. Yeah. It's going to get you a lot further than you think. You come out and be a dickhead, it's going to close a lot of doors. Yeah. And you but never know who's around. Exactly. That's always the one thing with me, that mm. I always remember how people treat me. Yeah. yeah. And just like, they'll, they'll be kind of crappy with me when they first meet me, or Mark will be talking to somebody and they talk over me, even mm. though it's something that I know very well on. Yeah. You know, I work in this industry. Yeah. And then after, they're like, oh, Wait, what do you do? Oh, you work for that. Yeah. And it's like, that shouldn't be the case. And at least with, with the people that I work with, you go up to everyone, you know, they're super nice, but they're not going to have like a certain attitude or display like, oh, I work here. It's yeah. more about, hey, you know, just be chill with them. You yeah. know, they'll be cool with you. And you might find out, you know, where they work, but it's not something that we... Um, that we publicize because yeah. some of the people, they start acting the reverse where they just want to talk to you and they start sucking up and you're just like, dude, I don't want you to suck up to me. Like, I'd rather you yeah. just be nice to me. Yeah. Treat me like a human being. And yeah. <laughs> that goes a lot further than the other way around. Yeah. 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 Cause like, like you said, you literally never know who somebody is. There's plenty of times that you can, you can probably show up to a show, show up to a, to an, uh, a wrestling promotion, not realize you're having a conversation with somebody, regular conversation, and like, oh, that was the promoter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you come in and you, you, you know, that wrestling is built on respect. You come in, you shake everybody's hand mm -hmm. because you don't know what their position is. Mm -hmm. You might think this guy's like, oh, he's just, he's just helping out the ring. And then like, yeah, he's the promoter or yeah. the promoter's son. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and you come in and you're like, oh, shit. You I like I'm, now yeah, I'm fucked up. I'm, I acted like Put an ass. To this guy. You came in, and you didn't shake that guy's hand, <laughs> yeah. and it turns out he runs the whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the same thing with a lot of bunch of our friends. Like, we'll be hanging out with them, and 
I tell some of the the band members, be care- be be mindful of how you act. Yeah. Because some of the times after I'm like, that's so and so. That person works with this. Mm. Oh, I didn't know. Well, you should. I shouldn't have to be telling you. Oh, that's that person. Just yeah. be chill. Yeah. Just that treat everybody on. with respect. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. and that's the, that's one of the things we say in wrestling is like treat everybody as an equal because you never know who you're going to be begging for a job next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the guy, the, yeah, true. the guy who's cleaning up, you know, the trash after the show, you're like, ah, pff, this guy's whatever. I'm going to just fuck this guy. I know I'm a star. And the next thing you know, that guy's running a promotion and you're like, oh, shit. I need, I need to work. Yeah. 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 That's very real. I think a lot of people would take a, a lot of benefit from understanding that. So we're going to actually move on to our last segment because we're not running out of time, but I want to make sure that we get to these guys. And uh, this is the last one that everybody seems to enjoy except for Larry. Uh, This is called OK Stupid. So basically what we do is uh, not fucking fuck up the app for some reason. (laughs) We take uh, questions from a very popular dating site called OK Cupid. I'm on there. (laughs) (laughs) So you might know some of these. Yeah. and we translate them to usually apply to musician standards, mm. to, to musician situations, but I'm going to keep it as broad as possible and apply it to everybody. Far out. So uh, let's see what we can start with. And I actually had a good one, and I think I lost it. But we'll start with this guy. So the original question is, what is the worst job you've ever had? So your question is, what was the worst job you had to perform at an event, at a wrestling event? Okay. Um, this is, it's, it's bad enough that I never admit that it was me. Um, Oh no. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much of it I'm going to reveal to you, but let's say I had to (laughs) do a certain gimmick that I was not proud of doing, but I was showing that I was a good hand. I'm going to come out and give it my all, even though I hated doing it. And I, I did it. And, and afterwards people were coming up to me like, that's the best I've ever seen you do. And I was like slapping myself like are you kidding me like that's that's the best you've ever seen me in the ring is doing something i absolutely did not want to do and i did so well at it they asked me to do it again oh shit and it was to the point that like people didn't know i was going to be there again in this gimmick Mm -hmm. and they started chanting for the gimmick they didn't know i was supposed to even be there but they were chanting for the gimmick and i was like oh but then after that that was the last time that yeah, I did yeah. it. I don't know why they decided not to run with it because I was like, if this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be. But <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of guys that can say that they hated yeah. some part of their gimmick and they got them over. Yeah, absolutely. But that's really, that's really funny. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the original question is, what is the craziest scene or event you've ever witnessed? And I feel like this translates very easily. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen happen at a, at a independent wrestling show. Independent wrestling. I'm going to say that was us at, um, IWL. Oh, and we IWs never shied away from this mistake. Um, Dime Sack and Billy Body Bags um, went off the top of a cage to the outside. Uh, they had set up a, I don't, I wouldn't even call it a table. It was particle board basically, yeah. and they went through that like a hot butter or a hot knife through butter. And one guy broke his spine, and the other guy broke his leg, mm-hmm. and completely derailed IWL which in the end was for the best because we had to stop being backyard and that was the unfortunate eye-opening event so watching these guys and I was in the ring they had lied to us they told us they were coming into the ring 
towards us. So you watch that match. You see me pick up all these other guys. Like, we're going to catch these guys. And they turn around and they go outside the ring. And, yeah, watching him. Two good friends watching, you know, back broken and their leg broken. And well, you, like, yeah, I mean, I remember it. I don't I don't know if there's video of it. I don't think. Oh, absolutely. It is. Um, it, it, the, the, this clip is, um, it's been on like Tosh. Okay. And yeah, Ridiculousness. Um, and I thought they were, there's they a few were, actually IWL clips that have gone viral. <laughs> uh, I thought they were dead. When, when yeah. I saw that, when I saw, when I, when you see the fall, like they're dead. Yeah. That, that's it. That, that table did nothing to, no. to slow down the fall at all. Um, yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, and that, that was just solid asphalt that they hit right below it. So, so moving on that <laughs> cheerful note. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is pretty straightforward. There's no, there's no need for translation. You just won $1 million tax-free. What do you do with it? $1 million tax-free, buying a house, buying a car, saving the rest, investing it in something. I don't know much about investment, but I'll find somebody who does. <laughs> we got this thing called Google. Yeah. <laughs> I have friends that are uh, financially inclined, so I would, yeah, all right, dude, tell me what to do with that money. <laughs> that works. That works. Okay, Chris, you ready for yours? You're never, you're never, you're never, you're never fond of these. Because she doesn't like she doesn't like uh, usually thinking on the spot with uh, with an answer. So here we go. You ready? So the original. Oh, okay. The original question is: What do you think is your greatest strength? Hmm. What do you think is your greatest strength pertaining to your work? Oh, that's a good one. I don't stop working. <laughs> There it is. There it, I would have said storytelling. I would say you're you're a, you're a very talented storyteller when it comes to writing up something. Well, more of it because I even on like Friday night at one, I was messaging my my bands like, "Here's your schedule for tomorrow," and they're like, "Oh, thanks." Same thing with like at like two a.m. or like messaging somebody else. Or I think one of the times I had to email Germany at like three a.m. and they're like aren't you going to bed? Like, <laughs> you should be in bed. I'm like, oh, I needed to get this out. Yeah. You, you could have got it done after. I'm like, no, I need to make sure I need to get this out. You guys need time to do this, so. Yeah, you're tenacious. Yeah. And you're passionate <laughs> about it. I think that's awesome. And all my bands know that um, if they're, if I'm in town or they're, they're in town, usually I go see them, mm. ask them if they need anything. So, yeah. So you're a good hand. Yeah, very, very much. <laughs> okay. So, next one. What do you feel people take for granted the most? What do you feel people take for granted the most in the music industry? And I, I actually have an opinion on this. Hmm. I don't know. See, for That's me, hard. I think the what people take for granted the most regarding the music industry is they don't understand actually how many people work in the music industry, work to make your band successful. Like, there's a lot of bands that don't understand that there's a whole team of people working to make sure that your band is successful. It's yeah. not just you. As yeah. good as you can be, as good as your music is, that's cool. You don't understand that there's a whole business that depends on making your band work. Yeah. I can see that. That they just think, oh, you know, this person, you know, we don't need them. And it's just like, no, like, there's people that are reaching out for, you know, Spotify playlist. 
reaching out to iTunes, you know, making sure that, okay, you have products. Are they going to, you know, how much time is needed to get them printed? When is your deadline? Like, there's so many things behind the scenes that people don't realize just coming to make sure that a release happens. Because just because you see the date, we've been working on it for, like, three or four, five months Mm -hmm. since we received, like, the masters. And, okay, when is this going to launch? When is this, you know, does this make sense during this time? Who's our competition that's coming out the same time? You know, are there going to be three singles? Are you going to do music videos? Who's going to be doing that? So, like, there's so many things behind. It's a great um, example would be an iceberg. You only see the tip of it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to do all this. No, there's so much other things that have to take place in order to get to what you see. Absolutely. So it's taken for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's also translates to wrestling, too. Oh, God, you know? yes. Yeah. I mean, the, that's that's the thing. Is like, as a wrestler, you have to come out and you have to promote yourself. You have to make yourself look good and make people want to come back and see you. But if you're going to be on a show, you're going to have to sell that show. The promoter also has to do their part. Mm-hmm. And you, people show up and it's a shitty ring. Okay, yeah. this promotion sucks. Yeah. If they have a flyer that's just a couple names written down and some shitty paint shop pro. Yeah. Why, what makes you want to go see that? But if they've got graphics and things are exploding in the background and they've got main stars and these guys look awesome, then you're going to go see that show. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of elements that go into both yeah. sides of it. And, and yeah. like I said, that's why I appreciate you coming on the show. I think there's a lot of eye-opening things that people will hear from this that they don't realize how much crossover there is. Yeah. Last one for you, Chris. Original question is, uh, what's your ideal vacation? What's your ideal festival that's not in the U.S. Like one that's already... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Because here's the thing. I've never been able to experience it. So how can I be like, that's my ideal one when I don't even know the inner... You know, I've never been to that location. So sure. it's kind of hard to say like, oh, I need I, that's the one. Yes, it may have all the bands that I want. But if it's raining, they don't have to know how to prepare for it. The stages aren't... Ideal. Ideal. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, they're going to sound like shit even though you know that they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're an amazing band. So that's kind of hard to say that because well, I don't know. I guess know. you could say that, though, if you've never been to, like, um, Bahamas, right? Working, like, not fest, I know how to work it. Mm-hmm. So I know, like, okay, this is stuff that I do like, this is stuff that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So I think of it that way where okay, you know, certain places have really great places where, you know, there's a backstage, you know, you can see from all different places. You know, I don't know what some of the other stuff. That's true. That's <laughs> so true. it's kind of hard. Like, I think about that aspect just because I usually have to be walking up the hills yeah. trying to chase people. <laughs> and so that's just yeah. like, okay, like, I don't know what that, that location's. Um, layout. Yeah. If there's a bunch of hills, or if you know there's yeah, sidewalks. It's an interesting way, I think, to look at that. Yeah. You know, uh, do they have really good sound? What's the weather the, like? The, what's yeah, the, what's yeah. you know what what are you gonna have? To, what are you gonna need to bring to wear? Yeah. Those are all. That's all good points. I think of that way. <laughs> <laughs> so what if all the conditions were ideal? Um. The weather was nice, and it's not raining. You got a plentiful backstage area. What? What kind of festival would you? I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. Like, 
if you're going just like for the seeing the crowd, I'd want to go to Japan because their audience tend to be like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. have. I don't know. I just see their all their different shows, and you're just like, wow, like they're really into it. Even though most of them probably don't know what is being said, <laughs> and they're so behind it. That's very true. But you know, you go to the European um, festivals where they have all the bands that I listen to, and you mm-hmm. have like those dream rosters where you're just like, wow, like I can't that come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. But it's different marketing, mm-hmm. so kind of hard. There's like bits and pieces from each that's just like, okay, I like that, I like that. Wow. I would have gone with Hellfest, but okay. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay, so um, yeah, that's every, that's everybody's three. So who wants to? Who want? You want to do it? Okay, here you go. Uh, she, how many? Is three. You got. You got to pick three, and you got to you got to translate them in a way that applies to. I'll do one. You do two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Okay. Do you resent your exes or do you wish them well? Do you resent ex band members or do you wish them well? Oh, damn. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, okay, so I think the younger me would have resented them. I think the younger me would have definitely been like, yo, fuck that guy. Um, I think where I'm at now, understanding that life happens. Um, dudes get married, dudes get pregnant, dudes lose interest. Shit costs money. Like, yeah. let's be realistic. Shit costs money. And money keeps everything rolling. Like, uh, same thing with the wrestling business. If you don't have gas money, you don't have gear money, you don't have, you can't make it to the show. Yeah. Um, if you, we don't have something available where, you know, we got to do this next thing and there's not money available, it can really fucking uh, negatively ap- affect a, a band and a band member's mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I don't think anybody that I can think of other than one guy has directly screwed me over so yeah I definitely wish whoever I've worked with the best except for this one guy (laughs) (laughs) there's this one guy that I can think of fuck that dude but yeah yeah. alright 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 this is a good one here Uh, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna change up the wording on the original question is do you like what you see when you look in the mirror I'm gonna word it though what do you see as a musician when you look in the mirror? Oh, damn, bro. You're, you're going to be a regular on this. Game. <laughs> um, I very much have, have learned to be introspective or looking, looking at myself as a musician and, and how, uh, especially being at my age, like what kind of musician I want to be perceived as. Um, I definitely don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big part of um, r- realizing how not to have an ego. I don't know everything, and I don't try to pretend I know everything. It's the guys that tell you that they know everything that really don't know everything. That they're just full of shit. Yeah. So I I adamantly don't know everything, and I'm okay with that. I don't know music theory. I don't know always how to get from A to B in a song, or even A to B in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go find somebody smarter than me, okay. and and find that that person and have them this is how to be better and after and once once i feel like i've done that then it's like okay now i get it mm-hmm. now i understand it better but i i adamantly you know whenever i look in the mirror I, whenever i hear myself playing i was like i could be better i could do better how can i do better so you look in the mirror you see a student yeah i think that i think 
I think the minute that you see in any element, um, you see yourself as a master, you're completely wrong. I think even even I can agree with that. There's plenty of martial artists that will tell you, "I'm not a master. I just pass on the knowledge." Yeah. Um, and I hope that somebody can be better than me. Yeah. And I think that's that's healthy. Yeah. I, I think absolutely. you you want your students to better you. Yeah. To be better than you were. Exactly. I think the same thing goes with like raising kids. Oh yeah. You want your kids to be better, better yeah. people than you are. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> we think like, oh yeah, you know, we're pretty great, but you know, we turned out okay or something like that. And no, I want my kids to be better. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Um. Yeah. For me, it's always it's always the guy that that yells very loudly. Oh, I know everything, and and you don't know anything. I I'm I'm pro at w- whatever he's doing. You're really not. Mm. They're usually the ones that know the least. All right, far out, far out. All right, this is a this is another good one, sort of like that one. Oh God. Um, and this one doesn't even need any translation, maybe slightly. So, what would the childhood version of you? Let's say, what would sixteen-year-old Mark? Oh God, you knew sixteen-year-old Mark. Yeah. <laughs> what would sixteen-year-old Mark look up to the current version of Mark? Yeah. Yes, I don't. I, yeah, we'll go with that. Um. I don't think I've done the whole, like, actually, now I think about it, I'm not sure. I think 16-year-old Mark thought he was going to be a professional wrestler. That's probably true. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure 16-year-old Mark thought he was going to be, at the time, it would have been like ECW. Mm-hmm. And um, whatever happened, happened, and then that didn't go that way, and then I got into music. Uh, as many parallels as there are, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Seeing a lot of the guys that are our age doing professional wrestling now, um, I want to say, like, uh, I think Ziggler's around our age. Mm -hmm. I feel like Kenny Omega's probably around our age. I'm pretty sure AJ Styles is around our age. You know, I think Styles just turned around 40. I think he just turned 40. He looks good for 40. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He moves good for 40. Being 34 and, and moving the way we do, uh, <laughs> seeing a dude that moves like that at 40 is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I definitely think that there's elements of wanting to be more physical than I currently am mm. that a uh, 16-year-old Mark wouldn't appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of getting old. That's just, that's just part of, yeah. you know, the... Uh, the aging process. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it, I don't think he'd be upset. Uh, I I think sixteen year old Mark is it was probably a lot less jaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think he'd be okay with it. I think he'd kind of be an asshole. <laughs> I think well, I think sixteen year old Mark was an asshole. Not saying I'm bit, not but, a little bit. <laughs> but sixteen year old Mark was definitely an asshole. Um. Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a fun. Okay, stupid. That was interesting. Uh, you're definitely going to be on more often if you can translate these fucking questions the way you do. Um, as as the cat breaks everything. Um, so we're going to wrap up, or we're getting close to wrap up. We actually still got like a good five ten minutes left. Actually, um, what are you working on next? Like I know you got you said you had some shows coming up. What are you working on to get there? What are you working on to? to do these next shows do you have somebody that you do you already know your opponent in the next match do you already know um i don't um for me a lot of a lot of it is um i'm just gonna show up and see if i can help Mm -hmm. and get on the show that way okay um as long as i've been in this business and as long as i've trained and you know been involved um my schedule having kids it just doesn't 
it's not like I can just go up and like, oh yeah, I'm gonna find a bunch of shows to work this weekend. Like, I, it's, for me, it's every other weekend. Some of the shows I really want to be on are weekends that I have my kids, and I've done it once before where it's like, uh, can somebody watch my kids while I go? But I don't get that much time with them, sure. So I don't like to do that. So yeah, for me, it's just like okay, it's almost like restarting every couple months. Like I have to go back and like reintroduce myself and like, yeah. hey, remember me? Like, yeah, yeah. I was pretty good, right? <laughs> but um. Uh, no, I have a tournament coming up in July, July 20th at the American Legion Post 496 in Long Beach. Nice. Um, uh, I'm going to be in a tournament. I don't know who my opponent's going to be. You'll know when you get there. Yeah, I know. I just found out a couple days ago that I was going to be in the tournament anyways. So, yeah, I've got that coming in. Um, I, I had a show that was going to come up on June 8th, but I've had things come up, so I'm going to have to pull out of that. Okay. Um, which was a bummer because I really wanted to do it. It's a charity show oh. um, for Ability First. Oh, nice. Um, I was going to be in a battle royal, so those are always fun. But, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make that. Um, there's a couple other shows, yeah, that I was like, yeah, I'd love to get on that. And then they happen to be on the days that I have my kids. Sure, so, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, quick question, actually, because this, this one interests me. Uh, speaking of, you know, 16-year-old Mark compared to 34-year-old Mark, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about... 60 year old Mike compared to current Mike how do you find recovery how do you how do you recover after a show like is it do you find it to be difficult do you find it to be like you know you're walking like like you're 65 for two days or do you find it's like no I, I, I've done this enough I bounce right back like I just deal with it yeah actually um, from the conditioning and like I said the the job that they put you through at Santino's to get you into the right shape um, there are times like right after the match, I'm like, dude, I can wrestle again. Mm-hmm. There's uh there was one day I actually my first I would say pro day like after going through Santino's, I did three shows in a day. God damn. Yeah, and that was um that was awesome. Well, I, was, I wouldn't say three shows. It was two shows, three matches. Gotcha. And at the end of it, you know, I was tired because the first one was out in the sun. It was at a um a, like a Harley festival, um, and so like I said, uh, I was joking with people. I said, you know. That first show, you had a bunch of white guys and a bunch of black guys, and we're all out there. By the second show, you had a bunch of black guys and a bunch of red guys. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone was just toasted from that one. Um, yeah, I did three shows, and I mean, I was pretty tired after that one. Uh, but generally, yeah, unless it's like months that I go without doing a show, I bounce right back. Nice. Afterwards, I'm like, I could do another match if you want me to. Nice. Some days when I don't, you know, it's the first match I've done in a long time. It takes me like a couple of days to recover. But yeah, being you know physically where I'm at now, I'm probably in the best shape of my entire life at age of 35. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> than I was as a young person. <laughs> um, so no, I definitely bounce back. Have better. you added any? Um, is there any routine that you add? Or do you do you feel like you go to the gym? Do you feel like you run regularly? Do you feel like you've, you've added? Do you feel like you have a routine that you have to do where it's like? Okay, I got a match coming up. Let me, you know, hit the gym for a couple days, something like that. Um, not in terms of like hitting the gym. Um, that was me for a little while, but since I've been out of training for a while, it's yeah. Like I wish I could find the time to go back. Mm-hmm. That's been the thing, and it's it's. You tell this to any other wrestler, that's an excuse. Sure. I shouldn't have an excuse why I'm not going back to training. But I do before match. I start dieting like the week before. Okay. Just uh, cutting down on meals. Usually, you know mix in more salads than burgers and stuff like that um 
so yeah, that's that's sort of my training. But my my day job is very physical. Okay. I'm basically performing for like two hours a day. Gotcha. So I'm kind of like moving my body. So it's a weird question. Like I go to the doctors and they're like, "How much do you exercise?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know how you would quantify this." But yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I've been physical a lot." So right. Because <laughs> um, that you know, we've kind of started to try to get back into a regular workout, a regular mm-hmm. workout routine. And it's, it's tough. It's tough with finding time. It's tough with finding the right routines. Yeah. Um, it's tough finding effective workouts. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're still kind of not sure about going to a gym. Yeah. You know, uh, at the current moment, you're probably the most athletic person that I know. <laughs> um, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> well, Phil, Different style. Yeah. Different, uh, Phil very much. He he's he's a gym rat. He mm-hmm. likes to work out. He likes to lift weights. It's his other mental release other than the band. Yeah. Um. But I don't see him running a mile. That's true. You know, I don't. I don't see him. Um, I don't see him running ropes. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I, I dig it. Yeah, and, that's and not I'm an sure, easy thing to do. And I'm sure you run into a lot of dudes that are. You look really good. You look good, bro. You're fucking jacked. Like you look good. You're gassed in two minutes. Yeah, you know, um, not saying that Phil is anywhere near that. I mean, you know, his, his lung capacity is very admirable. Just the ability to keep up with what this stupid band does. Um, <laughs> you know, def- definitely very physical. Yeah, I was very impressed uh, with him at your show. Haven't said it hell yet, brother. Like two weeks. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. The uh, Hogan meme derailed me. <laughs> it's okay. Now Phil was, uh, you know, it's a physical guy. You were right, saying, um, but like well, so a different kind of physicality. Definitely, right? definitely wondering, like, with your routine, like you said, you kind of cut, you cut certain things. You don't really. Do you work out at home? Do you find yourself like doing, like, ah, it's time to do like fifty push-ups yeah. today? I'm, I'm the worst self motivator. That's my biggest problem. I'm the worst self motivator. I have weights mm-hmm. in my house. And I should be lifting them every single day yeah. while I'm watching TV, sitting idly, doing anything, mm-hmm. and I don't. Gotcha. Uh, I, I need to do it, but I'm terrible self-motivator. I'm just terrible at it. And then, you know, being my age and having had the, you know, medical history that I had, like right. I get home from, like I said, basically performing for two hours a day and then get home and it's like, I just want to lay here. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just want to lay here. I need some downtime. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you know we were talking about those OK Cupid questions. I get one on there, and the question that I always see is like, if you don't do something for a day, do you feel bad or good? And almost universally, do the women that I've seen on there say they feel bad for not doing anything? And I'm like, I feel good if I have a day where I don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's really funny that you say that because I definitely feel like there's certain things that apply to us where it's like, we get those days where, hey, we didn't have to do anything today. Yeah. Those are rare. Yeah. Like, even today, like, Chris cleaned, did some food, we're doing the podcast, right after doing the podcast, delivering the dog, after delivering the dog, I'm going to rehearsal. Yeah. There's days where there's a lot more than that, and it just, like you said, it feels like, man, those days when I don't get to do anything, I just get to veg out for, give me a couple of hours when I can just, like, yeah, turn my brain off. Yeah. Um. Because I definitely feel the self-motivation thing. Like, I definitely feel those days when I pick up the guitar right here to practice, right mm. in front of the, the studio to practice, and I'm just like, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Or I'm not getting any better. Or I'm not seeing a result. Yeah. Or something gets in my head where it's just like, I just can't do it today. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll power through them. Sometimes I won't. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally get the routine. I, 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 like I said, we've been trying to equate um, working out, practicing your your routine to to try to understand how to do do this better. How to this five foot six, uh, hundred and seventy five pounds of mush right now, better. Um, what's up? And doing it smart so we don't get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's an important thing. Because because that's the. It, in 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 wrestling, there's always that you know there's always that thing in the back of your head. But I feel like that's probably something that you have to get rid of too. Like you can't always think I might get hurt. Absolutely, you absolutely cannot go. And that's the whole point of of training at the school, is doing it so you don't get hurt. I can't tell you how many times I've been hurt in training. All all the worst severe not severe, I've had one severe injury, but all the worst like things that have happened to me have been in training. Yeah, in matches. No. Really? Fine. The worst thing that's happened to me in a match is um, I come out, like I said, I roar, and I roared so much, I blew out all the oxygen in me, and I'm, like, walking to the ring, and I have to, like, stop and stabilize myself because I just lost everything. <laughs> I just, like, blacked out. Like, literally blacked out, and it's like, okay. Maybe. And then it's like, did I look like an idiot when I just came out and roared? And then I'm like, whoa, whoa. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something that was went along with that with the injury thing, and I can't think of what it is. Um. What would what was what would you say was your most severe injury during training? Oh, that one's easy. I had my jaw broken. Oh, goddamn! Yeah, just just bad bump or was it a no? Did you catch um, a punch. We were doing a practice match, um, doing a punch exchange. We're both on our knees. Punch him. He punches me. Punch him. Punches me. He's throwing forearms and he's giving him pretty solid. He's he's not he. Up to that point, I wouldn't have said he's a stiff guy. He was a snug guy. Okay, and. Um, so we're doing, you know, after a few punches, this is getting towards the end of our match. You know, we're doing these big cells. So we're throwing ourselves back after each punch. And so I throw myself back. And he's going to, he's the face, so he's going to start taking over. So he's going to have to start hitting me more often than I'm hitting him. So he hits me, and I reel back. And before I turn my head to even look at him and get squared up, he hits me again. And he cracked me right on the side oh. of the face and broke my jaw. Ooh. And he actually hit me. I guess it's funny. It's like, what do they call that? A humble brag? Um they the doctor said my he hit me so hard that my jaw broke on both sides oh god said that's actually good it should, he said your jaw was strong enough that it didn't dislocate oh okay so he said your jaw stayed in place yeah and so then that caused it to crack on the other side nice so okay yeah having my jaw broken was the absolute worst but uh how was the recovery for that um it was not a lot of fun um i thankfully i didn't have to have my jaw wired shut or anything like okay. that but it wasn't fun. I had to have a liquid diet for a few weeks. Um, and that includes like blending pizza and blending like in and out and drinking it. And that's not that fun. I don't recommend that, it. That yeah. The, the best part is the dessert after though. You put peanut butter and apple juice and mix that up <laughs> with some vegetable or some fruits, you know, and yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, no. Uh, the meal part wasn't. <laughs> no, everything, everything was based with like tomato sauce or tomato paste. And you eat in and out, you drink in and out, and it <laughs> tastes just like you're drinking tomato sauce and like <laughs> with a little bit of cheese flavor. Doesn't in sound there. good. Yeah, it was it wasn't fun, but it was only a few weeks, thankfully, and I didn't have to have my jaw wired shut. That's good. So. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. What is wrong with these two? They're they, they're on the hump. It's a hump sesh going. It's a hump sesh. Uh, let's see. Rosie's just like I'm not that type of girl. <laughs> Do you find your okay? We'll we'll end on this question and then we'll start wrapping up. Um, now that 
now that we've been friends for a long time and we've been in the we, you've been around the business I've kind of seen through the business I've seen through a lot of podcasts um, do you find yourself interested less in the in the product in WWE and AEW and NJP the, the the product overall not just like the big product we know yeah. the big product yeah. is garbage like let's be 100% honest yeah. a lot of dudes that were into Attitude Era into ECW Dudes that have followed it for a long time see the product now and like, what is what are you doing? Like, yeah. there, there's there's a lot of that. But have you found yourself with the overall product of wrestling, with the overall show of wrestling? Have is has it have you has it dulled your interest? I'm gonna being 100 percent honest. It, it kind of has. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm more interested now in like the local scene. Like I want to watch the guys and the girls that I know perform do well yeah like i don't i watch the wwe um you know i, I do you even call them pay-per-views anymore I they're, they're bigger shows at a friend's house and that's it like the big ones wrestlemania Royal rumble sure. any other ones we get invited to but like yeah overall i don't watch raw i don't watch smackdown and that's not like me trying to be an elitist prick i no, just no. don't yeah i just don't yeah. i just yeah it's kind of like I find I found myself watching it and critiquing it from a school standpoint. I'm mm. like, oh, that's mm, that's not what I would have done. But then these are the the big names. These are the guys who their Clearly entire they're life, doing yeah. something right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I I don't know. I just something clicked and I was like, yeah, not so much. Okay, as much anymore. I don't really watch as much. But like, I'm more interested. Yeah, and in like the people that I know. Like, I'm more interested in supporting supporting the local scene. And yeah. It sounds like I'm being an elitist prick, but no, it's just really, like, Not where really. my interests fell. Because it's interesting that you put it that way, because I feel like, uh, once again, these all circle things around where um, I've definitely noticed that I've lost interest in the larger bands. Mm -hmm. um, bands like Lamb of God, um, Trivium, they don't do anything for me. Yeah. there's They're, they're so far in the, in the game that it's like, we get it. You've you've you may be a one trick pony, but you perfected that trick. That's cool. Yeah, I like seeing developing bands. I like seeing mid tier bands. Even the mid tier um, is kind of hard to get into right now. But I like seeing bands that are working, working dudes yeah. that are just like, we just have to do this. We have to do it. like, yeah. this is what we're this is where we're at right now. Yeah. We're just dealing with it. I feel like there's a lot of translation with that in wrestling. Where Absolutely, yeah. Because you know, now I'm thinking about it. Um, when when I was watching wrestling consistently, especially as a younger person, uh, my favorite was always the mid card guys mm -hmm. because these guys were working. It's like the the heavyweight boxers versus the you know the lighter weight guys. The the heavyweight guys they're the main events, right? You you got your Tyson's out there. And I'm going by our age, so of course, dating myself. Here. <laughs> but like um, the Tyson's out there, and I just yeah, there's something to, awesome to watch these guys just slug it out with each other. Sure, but the more technical aspect is the lightweights, mm -hmm. you know, and so. You look at and and I think um, it also works for like the NFL and like college ball. Mm -hmm. Like the college ball guys, they they're not getting paid what they're doing. You know, right. their job, what they're trying to do is trying to impress everybody with their skill. Yeah. And the big guys, like, yeah, we've we've done that. Now we just have to entertain you. So yeah, I, when I was younger, it was always like, yeah, the mid card guys. Let's see what these guys are up to. Like mm -hmm. main events, cool. You got your rocks and your Austins and all that stuff out yeah, there. But yeah. yeah, like show me, you know, what the hell was going on in the mid card. That's that's what I wanted to see. Definitely interesting seeing bands when they first start out and then to see them a couple of years and be like, I saw them when they first started mm -hmm. and to seeing their like journey onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like, um, kind of with what you said, like we, we try to catch the pay-per-views if we can, we try to follow, 
the the larger shows if it's possible. Yeah. But really, what's helped us is watching stuff like OSW. Yeah. Where they do the. The hard thing right now is especially stuff with like WrestleMania where it's a 12-hour show, 8, oh, eight God, to 10-hour yeah. show. Yeah. They condense it to two hours. Yeah. And I think that's a lot more digestible, not only with our schedule, but just with our attention span where it's yeah. like, give me the highlights, make it funny, and then move on. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's very hard to follow a... I would, I, like I said, I would equate it to being at a festival all day. Being at a, being at a music festival yeah. for 10 hours in the sun, like... I love music, but bro, like that, that you're going to hurt my brain after a little yeah. while. And I feel like that has to do with wrestling, too. It's yeah. like, I love wrestling, but you, I'm not going to sit through a 10 hour show. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um, you're going to be there all day. Like, uh, the only time I ever went to Coachella was when Rage got back together and went for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I saw some cool stuff in there, like the Roots. If anybody ever, like, hey, man, you want to go see the Roots? Hell yeah, I want to go see the Roots. They were awesome. Sure. Got to see Willie Nelson and family. That was awesome. I saw Lily Allen. She was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, But I was there for Rage. But, like, I tried to, you know, the whole thing was trying to save the energy for that band. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, if you're going to be sitting there, like, you independent show, you go to independent show, you're at an independent show for three, four hours, like, holy fuck. Yeah. That's too much. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's That's a a lot. lot. You're you're burned out. You don't want to be there that long. It's a lot to digest. Um, it's a lot to digest with the guys that you may not know. That's always yeah. the one thing that gets me is like, yeah. it's one thing if you show up and you're like, I know, like you said, you're here for Rage. Yeah. I know I'm here for Kenny Omega. Yeah. I know I'm here for uh, Ricochet. Yeah. It's two hours before I get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. That could be, especially right now. It's, uh, the way I've been equating a lot of uh, music stuff or mu- the band stuff that we do is you got to be more interesting than Netflix. Yeah. At the end of the day, like that's how I, I how I convince myself right now. Like, what are we doing to do a show? All right, you're gonna have to be more interesting than Netflix. You're gonna have to be a reason that people want to pull away from their streaming service or whatever yeah. whatever they're watching. Yeah, you got to be more interesting than that. Yeah, what makes me want to go watch WrestleMania and said I could watch The Office for the 18th time? Exactly. No, it's <laughs> very real. That's yeah. a very real conversation. Yeah, that's a very real conversation you have to have with yourself. Yeah. Um. That's very. That's very. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta look at yourself. Like, what am I? What am I providing? That's gonna be more interesting than that, even for seven minute match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot to be said for that too. Talking about um, how long a match is. Like, it, you know, a lot of these guys they want to go out there. They want to get their shit in. You know, so they're out there and they want to have a 15, 20 minute match. And you watching this and you're like, oh god, just hurry the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't need to be this long. You can get everything done in 10 minutes or less, you know? So when I see people post a match online, it's like, oh, here's my match. And it's like... 40 minutes? Yeah, you know, it's a 20-minute match. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to skip to the end. I'm just going to see what the what the final spot was. Yeah. But if somebody's like, I hear I've got a six, seven-minute match, yeah, I'll sit through the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm more inclined to have that morsel and enjoy that, especially because you have so much to tell in that short amount of time. It's not going to get boring. Right. A 15, 20-minute match, it can't be exciting the entire time. Unless you're somebody like a Jericho or something, sure, you know? Sure, sure. Like, because uh, I've definitely tuned in for some of those uh, NJPW matches, and I'll, I'll pull them up on, on YouTube in 25, 30-minute matches, and I'm like, if you're not super into wrestling, this yeah. is not for you. Yeah, this is, it's a slough. Um, and I think that there, I, I do think that there's an audience for that. Like, I yeah. definitely believe that there's an audience for that. Uh, I don't know if there's a gigantic audience for that. Yeah. And then it's also that translation of, like, you go and live, that might have been awesome. And then you go and watch it again, it's like, fuck, that's, I'm not going to watch an, an hour-long Iron Man match again. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were invested at the time, but afterwards you're like, nah, that's cool. For me, that's baseball. 
Yeah. Uh, I will go to a baseball game. I will go gladly to a Dodger game and enjoy myself. Yeah. I can't watch it on TV because it's just not. It's oh, not I, there. You know, I can totally agree. It's with not you. there for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I definitely feel like there's there. Do you feel like there's going to be? Because for me, I feel like there's a tipping point with music. Um, I'll try to condense this as much as I can. For me, I feel like there's a tipping point with music where, right now, there's not really a mid tier. There's not really you're either a local band and you're struggling, or you're top tier and you're touring the world. There's not yeah. really that in between right now. There's a lot of guys that do music because they enjoy it, but they also have their day job. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, especially with something like coming back to what we started at the beginning, like with an AEW coming out now, mm. like actual competition where you were either a local guy, okay on the independent circuit, WWE. Yeah. There was no in-between. Yeah. Now there is an in-between. Now there is. Now these guys have shown that they can make money on the independents. They don't need the, to do that. And Do you feel like we had talked about there's a, that there's a tipping point that there is an oversaturation of guys but there are very talented guys coming out yeah do you feel like there's going to be that tipping point one way or the other of like AEW and WWE are going to be signing everybody and then we're going to start pumping out crap or is it just going to force everybody to get better that's an interesting question i'm going to go with the latter on that i'm going to say it's going to force the people to come up because when you look at it when the e went in they took like the kevin steens and the ricochets and the aj styles and the Samojos out of the indie scene we had to fill those spots in the indie scene yeah and now you've got guys out there like local um uh santino's graduate brody king he's off in ring of honor yeah yeah. brody's uh you know he's an amazing worker and he's he's out there so brody is filling that spot marty Skrull, you know he's filling those spots you know now you've got um you know, the Bucks, they've got their promotion with uh, Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. you know, so wh- who's going to fill in the Bucks spot out in these indies, you know, like, so, you know, those spots are going to have to get filled and wrestling provides. Yes. Wrestling, it's, it's a, it's a wheel. It's going to keep pumping out guys in the local scene might be a little bit harder, but they'll get there. Yeah. See, I like the, I like that you put it that way because we've had this very similar discussion on the podcast where, um, I feel like there's not, there's not, there's these top tier bands. There's a lot of top tier bands that are really good, but when they're done, there's not somebody to come step into that role. Yeah. That Slayer, amazing band. Yeah. Wrapping up soon. When they wrap up, maybe Lamb of God, maybe Trivium. Like there's those bands that exist, but there's not then that next band. Like they, they, we haven't built those bands exactly. to be the next thing. And yeah. I think with wrestling, those guys are taking the initiative to be like, that's cool that you're moving on. Yeah. Let's find the next guy. Yeah. And WWE had a problem with that before. They had, there was a, that, I forget which year it was, but they had all their top guys were getting injured. And oh. then it was like, it was like, oh, who, who are we going to do it? So it's like Dolph Ziggler is the, he's a top mid card guy. So yeah, he's going to be in our main event. And then like the Miz is going to be in our main event and stuff. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And so that was the problem. They didn't create new stars. Right. Right. They didn't create new stars. Um, and now their top stars, they, what they did is they went and they took all the indie guys. They took yeah. all the big name indie guys to fill in those spots. Mm-hmm. So now the indie guys are going to start taking the other top indie guys and they're going to have to fill those spots with right. people that are coming up. See, I, I, I like that because you can, you can trace from, a, from one line to the next to the next where things can logically go. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like that's happening in music right now. I feel like there's going to be a lot of holes. I yeah. feel like with stuff like Warp Tour ending... Um, there's going to need to be there's I, I hope that there's a need for uh 
mid-tier bands to tour again. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I like hearing that. I like hearing that there's a, there definitely seems to be a formula. Yeah. Okay, so I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up on episode 30 of Keep Chugging Podcast. Thank you, Mike, oh, absolutely. for being was, an awesome guest. <laughs> it was great fun to be here. And Chris, as always, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you on episode 31. All right.